It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We have checked the tape, and it is time to recap some of my offensive observations for the Miami Dolphins in their Week 5 victory over the New York Giants. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Special shout out to our everydayers who are plugged in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. We checked the tape. Coach's tape came in yesterday around lunchtime, had a chance to uh, sit down, go through all of the plays, the snap counts, uh, the execution of everything. We're going to talk about it here today on the show. Now, if you're interested in seeing some of the visual examples, uh, please know whether you're on YouTube or not, uh, due to some red tape with how we operate and how I make a living off the show and broadcasting rights and so on and so forth. It's a long story, but I do want to give the disclaimer. Can't put that on the YouTube channel. But members of our Locked On Dolphin subtext community uh, do get a chance to see some of the visual aids uh, as a part of their perks of being on the Locked On Dolphin subtext community. So I'm just going to throw it out there. You can sign up. There's a link in the show description. Uh, it's a couple of bucks a month. If you like it, you get your first two weeks free. You can cancel at any point. Uh, but we do game day chats. Uh, we have a group community chat. You get a direct text line with me. It's pretty cool. And, and it's a really good community. And of course, you can show some visual aids uh, in there as well, which would probably help on a day like today. But I digress. We're going to start with the big guys up front because we had Tua Tagovailoa go another game without a lot of pressure was sacked one time by Kayvon Thibodeau in a two-minute offense situation uh, against Kendall Lamb, uh, Austin or Teron Armstead's um, short-term replacement. And Kendall Lamb has been outstanding. Uh, he was really good again on Sunday against the Giants. And say what you will about New York uh, and, and that roster, the defensive front is the strength of what they have going. And I thought Kendall Lamb played a, a really nice game. I thought he was under control. I thought his uh, angles in pass protection were good. I thought his ankle or his anchor, by and large, was good. He showcased some range. The first play from scrimmage for the Dolphins offensively was at the 10-yard line on the left hash, their own 10. And when that play came to a close, the ball was 25 yards downfield with Kendall Lamb, Connor Williams, and Austin Jackson all out in front of the ball carrier. 
And this wasn't just 25 yards downfield. It was 25 yards downfield outside the numbers on the opposite side of the field. And it's a great embodiment of when you think about this offense and how it's supposed to work and the challenges that it presents. The offensive line and its athleticism is what is allowing so many of these plays to become the explosive plays. This is not just, hey, we're going to drop back and we're going to throw 69-yard touchdown passes to Tyreek Hill on third down coming out of the half. That happens sometimes. But a lot of these runs, a lot of these catches, this screen game that has developed this year, Jalen Waddell had one of those on the opening possession where he's 25 yards downfield, and Austin Jackson's galloping like a stallion as a lead blocker looking for somebody's head to take off. Like The athleticism of this offensive line is yet another compounding variable in the challenges that opposing teams have to reconcile. And I will readily acknowledge the New York Giants are not going to be amongst the list of the best teams that you played this year, but they're the opponent that you had on Sunday. And they took care of business. It's great to see Connor Williams back. I thought there was no um, lingering effects of the groin injury that he suffered against Denver that kept him out of the Bills game. I thought it was it was pretty apparent uh, that Connor and his athleticism and his anchor, everything was there. I thought Robert Hunt was probably the most impactful performer. Uh, as that game wore on, uh, he wore some guys out. DJ Davidson was probably tired of seeing 68 across the line of scrimmage from him. Uh, so really good execution there. But the Flowers have to go to Austin Jackson. And I know on Friday last week, we did the Power to the Pod episode as our sixth episode where I was asked about Austin Jackson and the contract extension, and, and we were very complimentary of Austin Jackson. But his play in this game is really good. Again, really good. Clean sheet and pass protection. And I understand you're not necessarily getting a lot of true drop back passing, right? It's a lot of play action passing. It's a lot of screen game. It's a lot of misdirection. It's a lot of run action. So I get it. It's different than being a um, Laramie Tunsil per se, where we're going to drop back to pass 40 times and I'm going to be mano a mano and you know we're passing and we know we're passing. It, it's a little different ideology on how the offense works. But again, that's why it's a compounding variable. But run game Austin Jackson and screen game Austin Jackson are the, uh, the, the impact right now is that of a quality starter. And we came into this year saying Austin Jackson was probably a replacement level player. The switch has flipped. Now the sustainability of that year over year for the rest of this season, those are all questions that will be determined. And I have a feeling how the rest of this season is always going to determine the fate of Austin Jackson in the grand scheme of things. But my goodness, watching him and the Dolphins in the mid-red zone pick up six yards on a run, and Bobby O'Karake is lined up five yards over top of the center. And Austin Jackson has no body stacked over top of him. And they, they end up bringing split flow action from the other side of the formation to kick out the defensive end who is outside of him. So the B gap is open. He's got a free release up to Bobby O'Karake. And the Dolphins snap the ball, and Austin Jackson gets out of the blocks so fast that Bobby O'Karake can't get out of his initial stance before Austin Jackson is 
enveloping him on the second level. I've heard Butch Berry, the offensive line, Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, we follow these guys talk about explode off the ball, explode off the ball, explode off the ball. The, 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 the power of getting off the ball. This dude's bought into it. And this dude's balling. Playing at a high level. It was a really impressive stuff. I uh, was glad and relieved to see Isaiah win uh, back in the game after whatever shakeup that he had. Mike McDaniel said on Monday he doesn't expect that to be uh, anything lingering. He said Isaiah's tough. Uh, he should be good. Great. Not everybody's so fortunate coming out of this game, or at least we're not sure everybody's so fortunate coming out of this game. We're going to talk about that in segment three, but we got to talk about the passing game and the wide receivers in Tua Tagovailoa here next on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. But perhaps you're feeling spontaneous and want to check out the game this Sunday with the Dolphins and the Panthers at Hard Rock Stadium. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get last-minute tickets on with flash deals and zone deals and easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. Uh, All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to save you money online with tickets. Gameplay says game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute tickets with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we touch on the passing game, this this really is the wide receivers, tight ends, and to a tongue below. I first have to give my, pl- my flowers uh, to a player who has kind of become a maligned presence uh, with a lot of Dolphins fans through no fault of his own in any capacity. Cedric Wilson, who made a few plays with the ball in his hands in this game, yes. But his real value in this game was the work that he did on the edge in the Dolphins' running game. Crack toss, getting outside, wide receivers blocking down on defensive ends. And I am watching Cedric Wilson clamp Kayvon Thibodeau at the line of scrimmage on outside run plays. (laughs) And, um... You know, that, that's obviously not what the vision was for Cedric Wilson when he signed the contract here. It's not what the Dolphins' vision for Cedric Wilson was when he signed the contract here. Obviously, he reworked that contract before the start of the season and uh, cut the last year off the end of it, and he's making the best of the opportunity that he has with this team and with the injury to River Craycraft. He gets a little bit of elevated playing time. And I'll, I will say this. Based off the performance and the effort that Cedric Wilson gave you last week against the Giants, I would like to continue to see Cedric Wilson remain in the rotation and be an active part of what the Dolphins are doing offensively. 
I don't want to feed him the football. We already have a hard enough time getting Jalen Waddle enough touches to justify how good Jalen Waddle is. But Cedric Wilson played a very, very solid but unsexy role within the Dolphins' offense on Sunday against the Giants, and it stood out in a number, a number of occasions. It stood out for the blocking that he gave. Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. Uh, not too much of a surprise there. What I would say about Tyreek Hill as, as my biggest observation when I went back and watched the film, they have this little motion, this out motion, same side speed motion, a lot of speculation on what it's called. seems like that we've all kind of moved on from that. There's I've heard three different people or three different names from multiple people. So I heard three people tell me it was called this. I heard three other people tell me it was called that. And I heard two people was telling me it called something else entirely. So I give up. It's not that important anyway. You know what I'm talking about. The short same side speed out motion. The Dolphins being able to run that and have Tyreek Hill run an 18-yard dagger concept down the field and then simultaneously being able to run a hitch screen with him and the first five steps of the motion look exactly the same is so outrageously unfair for defenses. And I, I don't care in, in the least bit. But the hitch screen that Tua threw to Tyreek Hill where he's squatted behind the tackle or the tight end and he jets out. And the first five steps Tyreek Hill takes is dead sprint as hard as he can go. And you say, here he goes. We're going to, they're, they're going downfield. And next thing you know, the ball is snapped. And in two steps, Tyreek Hill is from full speed, 60, back down to zero and flipped for the ball. And that play breaks. That was the play in which Tyreek Hill logged the uh, fastest GPS time on next-gen stats as a ball carrier in excess of 22 miles per hour when he was caught by uh, Xavier McKinney because McKinney had an angle and Tyreek Hill ran 85 yards on the play. That was the play for me that I looked at Tyreek Hill and I, I was like, this is the latest reminder of why he's so good why he's so impactful, why he's the math changer that he is. Because they can run a play that hits 18 yards downfield and a play that runs hits minus three yards downfield. And his effort, his explosiveness, the way he sold it was exactly the same. That's tough. That's really tough to negotiate as an opposing team. Best of luck to you. I don't care. It was good to see the Waddle, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, throughout the course of this game. Got involved on a couple of instances. He got a couple targets in the red zone on the first possession. Uh, he was targeted on the uh, play before the interception in the red zone uh, that I thought was a throw that Tua probably would have liked to have eight and moved to the next progression. They had Hill and Waddle run two deep outs that, that run the back line of the end zone effectively. And then they had also had the back, Raheem Mostert, I believe it was on that play, carry into the flat. So you had three, three receivers and eligibles on that side of the field. They kept the tight end in on the backside to block, and he ended up like delay releasing out into the flat. And then they had the third eligible on the passing strength side was Alec Ingold, 
who delay release worked across the middle of the field. So Tua takes a snap and his eyes go left and he's looking at these two back end routes by Hill and Waddle. And Waddle was the furthest of the two outside. The Giants had six defenders go with those three eligibles. And I don't think Tua ever got off the progression, but the, the ball was left inside where Deontay Banks, I believe it was, ended up face guarding him for an incomplete pass. So if you you were going to throw that ball, it probably, I say probably because I'm not Daryl Bevel, I'm not Frank Smith, I'm not Mike McDaniel, I'm not Tua. But just looking at where Waddle had leverage and he was in a runaway situation and there was grass in front of him, if you were going to throw it to Waddle on the play, it probably should have got put at the pylon, the back pylon, and try to have Waddle run to it and try to work the toes in bounds and hope that you can squeeze it around Deontay Banks, who's in the trail position. Instead of trying to put it up high, but it's not high, so then Waddle's got to come back to it and go through a body of like a 6-3 corner. It is what it is. Um, but Waddle, another perimeter screen that hit for a 20-plus yard gain in this game. Off-schedule play. Uh, for the touchdown that I thought was really great because on the front side of that formation on the play, or I guess the back side, the two-man side, it was the same concept that the Dolphins ran to score the touchdown at the end of the first half against the Patriots, where you had Hill in a reduced split, and then you had Durham Smythe as an H inside, H back inside of him. And Durham Smythe was the one who then took the same side speed out motion to see if the Giants were going to pass off the motion in zone or if they were going to man it. Well, they ended up manning it. So the player who was manned against Durham Smythe went over the top of Tyreek and the corner who was in press outside leverage against Tyreek. So because he goes up over the top of it, you really don't have the wheel or the rail to Durham Smythe. And then you don't have that hitch or speed out to Tyree Kill because you got press coverage with outside leverage. So Tua takes the snap and he reads that combination on the front side. And then he comes down the middle and he passes up the third, which is an in-breaking route coming from left to right, right in his face. On the outside, on the opposite side, it was Waddle in the slot. And then it was Raheem Mostert. Uh, on the perimeter and Waddle ran a whip return that broke in and rolled out and Mostert ran a whip return that broke out and rolled in. So they ended up like exchanging and passing over each other on the left-hand side. Tua gets a little bit of pressure from Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Dexter Lawrence. He flushes off his spot. He outraces Thibodeau to the edge and Dexter Lawrence. Well, I'm not surprised he outran Dexter Lawrence. I'm a little surprised he outran Kayvon Thibodeau and puts the ball high and outside for Waddle to, to catch it and bring down. And it was a really good execution on the play. So, talk about the picks. Uh, I, I certainly think that a post-snap confirmation probably would have led you to not try to jam that ball in. Uh, on the interception on the pick six, it happens sometimes. It can't happen in competitive games. I think maybe we got a little greedy on the play. And then the, the second interception, yes, to his hand hit Connor Williams' helmet. Yes, I think technically if Waddle would have seen the ball, he probably could have got up and, and at least made sure it didn't go right to a defender. 
yes, the tight end was directly over top of two without two bodies right in your face that you could have just worked to the next progression and came off of it. Kind of a weird, funky... I, I, I thought the first one was bad decision. The second one was kind of just funky misfortunes of a game. Which is ironic because... Uh, at first glance on the TV copy, I thought that the the second one was a uh, bad decision. I don't know that it was necessarily a bad decision. I, I think there were ways it could have been avoided, but I didn't necessarily think it was as bad process as it was just a bad break. Talk rushing attack next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So obviously the, the big talking point right now uh, with the Dolphins and their rushing attack uh, is Devon Achan. Achan played a great game. He had a phenomenal touchdown run that was aided by really good angles, really good climb from off the line of scrimmage from Connor Williams and Kendall Lamb. and. He got some help uh, throughout the course of this game from uh, a couple of other rookies. And Chris Brooks as a blocker, Chris Brooks, the blocker, and Julian Hill. But um, if HN is going to miss any period of time, you'll miss the explosiveness of his speed. But I'm totally fine with Raheem Mostert. And I didn't forget how good Savan Ahmed looked in the preseason. And Jeff Wilson is apparently, but... We'll also see getting his 21-day his window for activation started. Uh, it's been reported, or at least Drew Rosenhaus said as much uh, at the beginning of the week. Mike McDaniel was asked about it. He said, we'll, we'll work through all that on Tuesday, so that should come down today. Uh, you, you got options. That's not to diminish Devon Achan. I certainly hope it ends up being a nothing burger, but they did say he was having his knee evaluated. So we'll see. Uh, but this rushing attack, I, I sent the tweet out this morning. First time since 2018, weeks five through eight, the Dolphins have, as a team, collectively rushed for uh, 100 yards in four consecutive games. And it's not an aberration. It's it's not fake. They've gone for what? I want to make sure I get the numbers right here. They went for 350 against the Broncos rushing. They've gone for over 200 yards. In this past game, 222 rushing yards, 350 rushing yards against Denver, 142 against Buffalo, 145 against New England. The team is averaging 6.9 yards per carry. 
and you saw all of that against the Giants. We have some butt kickers. And if this wasn't a family show and a family program, and if I was independently owned and operated, I would not use the phrase butt kickers. But I'm not independently owned and operated, so I will use the word butt kickers. Julian Hill and Chris Brooks deserve a ton of credit for their efforts in this game, beating the snot out of New York Giants defenders on the perimeter. Sure enough, Chris Brooks, and it wasn't just one play, he railroaded a couple dudes. Running start, fired up, strain and effort, super physical, catching guys in full stride. I'm watching Julian Hill after a chip from Austin Jackson, and he's clamping cave on Thibodeau. That dude was a top 10 pick. Has he lived up to that status? No, but he was still a top 10 pick. And I'm watching Julian Hill clamp on him, and his hand placement's not great, but he's he's working hard, and he's overwhelming him, and he's pushing him back in the run game. Those kinds of contributions from guys like Chris Brooks and, and Julian Hill, if those guys stick, and I have no reason to think that they wouldn't, based off the success of player personnel and, and development for when they ha- you this coaching staff finds players with traits that they like, these are potential huge wins for Miami from a roster building perspective. Chris Brooks ends up being a versatile player with, with multifaceted capabilities. I don't want to say it's game changer because you just paid Alec Engel a lot of money and you're paying Durham Smythe a lot of money. You very clearly like those guys. But the depth that that could provide for next to nothing from a salary cap perspective is UDFAs. That's how you circumvent some of your team building challenges over the next couple of years. This is really important stuff. You might see just see an escort motion on crack toss outside and say, okay, like, yeah, cool. You lit up, lit up that nickel uh, and kicked him out the club. It's true. They did, but it's the trend of it. And if it continues, it'd be really good stuff for the Dolphins. Uh, We also did the defensive tape, but these are 30 minute shows. So you're gonna have to come back and see defensive tape here in the very near future. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you enjoyed this look into the Dolphins offense. We'll do the defensive observations from having watched the film, uh, and then we're going to turn the page and get ready for the Carolina Panthers for the rest of this week. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I appreciate you guys checking the show. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you all again soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.